everybody. It is Jacqueline Kitspin, and Gabriel is here, too. Hello. Last name also Kitspin. I got it from him. Um, well, not legally, but <laughs> we are back after a... How old is our child? It's almost four-month hiatus. <laughs> yes, four months. How many is that in weeks? We're supposed to talk about it in weeks, right? I don't actually know. I'm not that great. Apparently. Somebody said they were really annoyed when they when they heard people say, "Yeah, my baby is 20 weeks old." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I I think that's for like pediatric standpoints because babies change so quickly in weeks that that's why they track it. I'll just say there's an absolute very good reason why they talk about it in weeks and people who are annoyed by that are probably just annoyed by kids in general we're not okay well gabe just laid a like a large blanket over a huge (laughs) part of the parenting population no the reason we've been somebody said that and i was upset and i was like fine well you know what to know how old my baby is because Fuck you. I know her <laughs> age and weeks, so... Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Um, this is now a parenting podcast. Fuck tarot. Um, <laughs> where we only talk about things we don't like. No. Um, we're back, and we figured that we have some things, kind of like, what do they call it? Housekeeping things to kind of go over. One of them being We don't that do that. We don't. Well, we don't have anything to, like, really housekeep. Also, our house is a mess. Our I'm real saying, house. We don't. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> No, so we had a baby. Uh, the last time we were on, I was on this podcast telling you all that I was very naked and sitting in here podcasting because I was just too large to wear clothes. Um, and now we have the baby. Um, if you follow me um, on Instagram from either my muggle account or my normal account, you know that uh, baby is here. Evangeline James Kitzman has been born. Um, for those that don't follow Instagram or don't do Instagram, uh, Evie was born February 1st at 8.11 a.m. after 11 hours of unmedicated labor. Evie is a Aquarius sun, a Pisces rising, and a Libra moon. And she has four other... She The majority of her chart is actually in Aquarius. It's kind of bonkers. Um, but yeah, we had, uh, we had an unmedicated labor. It was really intense. Um, I know that a lot of people that follow me on Instagram know, but I guess we'll just kind of talk about how Evie was born and then we'll just jump into, of course, we're going to read cards for you too. We'll talk about a card, but it'll be great because Gabe can talk to you about his perspective of me absolutely dying (laughs) in labor. Um, we were playing Monopoly a day past our due date. I was pissed as hell, right? Like, for days. She was over it. She was like, get this baby out of me. How do we get this baby out of me? Well, I couldn't walk. My hip. I had such bad um, symphysis pubis disorder and nerve pain, and I couldn't, like, walk. I would, like, end up on the floor stuck. And that started happening at the beginning of... So, like, for three months, like, basically, like, right before Christmas on, I was... Like, a month before Christmas on, I was fucking out of commission i couldn't like stand for very long or do anything so by the time that like she was due january 30th so by the time january 31st came on i was like all right get this child out of me uh my midwife told me to have sex like a porn star (laughs) but when you're that pregnant you're like also when you can't like walk or move your fucking hips but um so we did though you like took off work so that we could actually start having sex and get this baby out of me (laughs) Yeah, well, there were there were a few uh, instances where 
Um, we had a, I forget even what it's called right now, but basically fake labor. Yeah, it starts with a, what is it? I remember it very well at the time because we ended up in the hospital twice because of it. Right. So anyway, we thought we were having labor. a baby early. We thought we were having a baby early. We thought we were having a baby on time. And contractions then ended and all we had to do was Jackie was basically dehydrated is mm-hmm. what it came down to. But so then the last time we were like, okay, well, we're having contractions again. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was the day after my due date. It was like I had been like showing signs of labor potentially starting all day and Gabe was actually supposed to go back to work. Um, the next day and we, neither of us wanted him to. So he was like, fuck it. I'm taking work off. Like we're just starting paternity and maternity leave. Now the babies do literally any second. Um, so the next day we, I was bouncing on the ball and I told Gabe, I was like, fucking that's it. So we banged in the afternoon TMI for those who haven't had a baby, but for those who have had a baby, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then we kind of waited and then I started like, I started bleeding, which can be a sign and that you're going into labor. So we ended up bouncing on the birthing ball for a really long time, playing Monopoly on our <laughs> Nintendo 64, right? Is that Sup- what it's called? It's a, it's a Super, Super Nintendo. Nintendo. I don't know. It's an old <laughs> Nintendo. So we played Monopoly and then I started having contractions at like eight and right away they were three to five minutes apart. Mm, yeah, we were pretty sure it was go time. So that was exciting. And then from then on, it was... Well, we labored at home for until like close to midnight. We did, yeah. Playing Monopoly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we got to the hospital, we uh, um, got to a room and we waited for her to be dilated enough. And then... Well, no, they. Was it wasn't born. even that. Well, yeah, that, sure. That's, did you just condense the entire 11 hours of my... Gabe is doing the time thing. People want to know all the gruesome details about how I got this child out of me, Gabe. <laughs> they all won't... right, spill it. <laughs> okay, I will abridge it. Sort of. I was able to labor in the shower for a while um, when we got there. Um, they told me that I was four centimeters dilated when we got to the hospital, but that I had a laboring cervix, which is like just the most annoying way of saying yes, you're having this baby ever. But uh, we labored in the shower for a while and then for about two and a half hours. So we labored at home for four, two and a half hours in the shower. After that, I was in transition and I started projectile vomiting everywhere. Uh, I used nitrous and I was in transition for what, two hours? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. And then I was able to start pushing and I pushed for two hours, which was hell. Um, I think at one point I looked at Gabe and I said, there's a difference between pain and suffering, which was my way of saying, give me goddamn fucking epidural, which didn't happen. No, um, you, you told me you, you told that me that phrase was... days before you said there's a difference between pain and suffering. And when I get there, I'll let you know if I want an epidural. And I was like, OK. And then at one point she just looked at me and I don't even remember what you said, but I, I had did just not understand that too. Well, I had just projectile vomited the first time. I want epidural was not what you said. So I was like, okay, sorry. I I assumed that he knew what I meant. Anyway, I didn't get an epidural. Then I was through transition, and then it was time to push, and then nobody gave me any instructions on pushing. They just put their hands in their pockets. Anyway, two hours later, (laughs) Evie was born. Pushing is hell. They tell you it's like taking a giant shit. Uterus havers, it's not. It is not. I'm just going to tell you it's exactly what it feels like a child is coming out of you. That It feels like a child is internally inside of you, wedged between your organs and your hip bones. 
and they're not coming out. And I guess, Gabe, like, from your perspective, and then we'll move on to the tarot part for people who are like, we don't fucking care. Um, From your perspective, what's it like to watch somebody, like, push a whole human out? Um, It's definitely a magical experience without being, I mean, too sentimental. It's like, I mean, birth is, it's just amazing. Magic, like, you pulled a bunny out of a hat, you pulled a baby out of a body, or magic with a K, like, ooh, transitional alchemy shit. Whichever one you like. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it was, it it was cool. And I was kind of just there along for the ride. You thought I was going to die. No, I didn't. I was afraid you were going to die. There's a difference. Well, that's what I meant. You were afraid I was going to die. I, I was just afraid that it could happen. (laughs) <laughs> at one point I wasn't afraid that day I wasn't afraid poor Gabe had to sit behind me so at the time I gave birth poor I weighed like Gabe, she's... I weighed yeah not poor Gabe poor me uh, I weighed like 200 pounds at the time that I gave birth and poor poor Gabe had to like one sit in a hot shower where I demanded the water be 120 something degrees like shot like sprayed over me 111 111 degrees for two and a half hours. And then we got out and he had to like counter pressure my hips, all 200 pounds of me, which meant he was like pushing me because I was in a weird position. So I would like half fall off the bed. He'd have to push me on the bed and push my hips together. And he did that for hours. Um, yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was like weird situational, not situational, but weird stance and like a bench pressy type thing but you're squeezing at the same time and the worst part was i didn't know if i was actually helping you did yeah well i think i was just expelling effort for the sake of expelling effort it was all just very painful regardless i don't think you had time to worry i was actually gonna die because you were literally pushing my hips back together no but real talk like my shoulders were like i could not feel them after she was born i was like i don't think i'm gonna be able to hold the baby (laughs) Uh, which you did pretty soon after because I couldn't get well, out of the bed. There's a nice little adrenaline boost when you see a head, a hairy little head pop out of a vagina. And you're like, <laughs> Somebody just like fucking like one starred this. They were like, they talked about childbirth. So yeah, that's kind of the birth story. She was born. We got to hang out with her. Um, we went home after 24 hours. They kept us and... That's kind of what we've been doing. We've for... been awake ever since. We've been awake ever since. Yeah, we've not slept. Uh, but that's what we've been doing for four months, caring for Evie and getting used to parenthood and kind of trying to find, try, even trying to find time to podcast has been nearly impossible. Gabe's been in the process of doing some albums for Warner Chapel, which is a big company or music place here in Nashville. Um, that places music with different things. You're doing film and TV, right, Gabe? Yeah, it's um, not to get into too much of that, but I I'm a music producer, and I I um, right now I'm making some music for Warner Chapel production music, which is like the stuff you hear in commercials or movies, television shows, movies Netflix. or trailers, and so I did some trailer music, and right now I'm doing some commercial music and some folk indie pop type stuff and all the songs are about evie so Mm -hmm. there you go i get to sing on it right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. jackie's gonna uh, sing along with me on the 
on some of the folk stuff. About Gabe Evie. told me that I was really, really good at backup vocals. <laughs> Just so you're aware of how he phrased that. People who are singers <laughs> out there will know that backing vocals are not easy. And I don't think she should be offended at all by that. It doesn't mean she can't <laughs> sing other ways. Backing vocals are I, just a specific thing. Anyway, so I guess uh, that's kind of what we've been doing. Um, with that being said, we are going to start. I'm going to promise bi-weekly, weekly if we can manage, bi-weekly for now, tarot podcast episodes. Um, I want to do, uh, I'm going to try and manage one interview um Every two months, I'm going to contact people as I go. If people want to be on, they can contact me. That's kind of a big thing to chew, and it completely depends on Evie's nap time. So, um, you know, don't be offended if it doesn't happen, or don't be mad if an interview doesn't happen. But, you know, uh, this podcast is mine. I do what I want. (laughs) And I am controlled by Evie. So Evie does what she wants. Uh, But for now, I think we're going to try and do bi-weekly, get back in, release episodes. I did have a request. Somebody gave wanted me to do this on YouTube. They wanted me to video it, which is hilarious because if we videoed this, it would look like me and Gabe in a chair, our dog next to us, and me may may be wearing a shirt and maybe not. (laughs) So I don't know if we'll video. I feel like there's some marketing directions we could take that depending on which what you're wearing on your upper hat <laughs> like a centaur uh yeah no but that's something that we'll definitely give consideration to um in the future it's just not what we're set up for right now but we can we can definitely do that eventually there will be a patreon so maybe that's like a patreon you know behind the scenes kind of thing um however yeah um the other thing and last thing after birth story ev talk and podcast talk is that we are going to call this season two we took a four month welcome to season two welcome to season two um essentially every (laughs) what did i tell you before it started every time we have a child a new season will start (laughs) right and i wasn't sure if she meant we were having more children like every year so that seasons line up yeah or if i was like i don't know what this means it sounds scary no it's a joke we're not having another child right now um but yeah we are gonna start season two we're gonna take that for i think as many episodes as we're in season one i think 30 something 32 is what we ended up with and then we'll figure that out um for right now format's gonna kind of stay the same um today gabriel and i are going to talk about the Moon card. We're going to talk about the moon, uh, which Gabe said he just journaled about. Yeah. 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 Um, I've been, uh, if you listened to some of the earlier episodes, right before we started this podcast, Jackie did kind of a, uh, I would, we called it a retreat, um, but really we had a, we had a few friends over, um, a few witchy friends, and she just talked about the cards for a very, very long time in our living room. And Uh um, from those notes, I've kind of expanded a little bit and tried to put them in a very easy, compilable way for me to reference the cards because for some reason I just don't remember everything right off the top of my head whenever I look at a card. It's just really Hmm. hard for me to memorize. So I'm really attached to my journal. But that's a lot of people, though. Like, that's a lot of people learning tarot or even, like years and years and years and years Mm -hmm. into tarot and it's not like it's hard to explain because it's not that i don't understand the card it's just sometimes there's a certain phrase that triggers my understanding 
even further. And I can't remember always the phrase or mm-hmm. or some of those. But I guess I'll, I'll read what I wrote. Is that okay? Yeah, but do it like stand-up poetry and I'll snap after. So like, da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh, and then like it's scream not a lot. Poetic. Well, do it poetically. I'm terrified. You now. have to. I'll read it. <laughs> I'll read it like slant poetry. <laughs> I hope it's legible. <laughs> Dealing with emotions. Go back into yourself and tune into the flow of your feelings. What are we going to plant in our fertile soil? Shifting and changing goals and listening to your dreams. The cyclical nature of light and dark within the hidden places of the aeon. Is that what that says? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how that word is printed. Controlling and regulating the way we relate to the world. Dude, you're supposed to snap. Oh. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, um, yes, that's right. That's really good. Fertile ground. Thank um, you. You pretty much said it. You're <laughs> well, no, I mean, like you wrote it, but, you know, expand on that. Your feelings oh. on the moon, what it means for you when you pull the moon. And also tell them what deck you're working with, too. Oh, well, I I was drawn to get the Thoth deck recently which is a collaboration between Alistair Crowley and the artist whom I cannot remember, but... Well, sure, don't give them fucking credit. I know. Fuck you, artist. I know. They're brilliant. In fact, I I know that the artist... I'm Googling it. I like the artist's contribution more than I like Alistair Crowley's commentary on the art. And not that I... There's just... Look up Alistair Crowley sometime and just kind of see who this person is he's lady frida harris ah frida (laughs) ah yes (laughs) frida because i i thought it was like i was like it's frida Kahlo. no okay frida Kahlo did not i mean i know but that's how i tried to remember her anyway it's all just self-portraits i gotta have associations in my brain um but i i was drawn to the deck because i've been looking into alchemy a little bit more um which is a very complicated subject that I will not get into today, but basically the deck alludes to a lot of different interpretations and viewpoints and kind of compiles it with different religions, with different philosophies, and puts it all into... um, Not that other decks don't do this necessarily, but this one was basically hones in on alchemy a little bit more so mm-hmm. i thought that was cool i wanted to see what it was all about and so i've kind of been studying it and studying the symbolism and they um they bring in a, a lot of symbols and i love symbols symbols are my fave my i'm fave gonna blow your mind this. about the smith rider weight <laughs> it's got a lot of symbols too <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know so anyway the um when i think about the moon it's basically what what i wrote and and at the at the end of it is really where I kind of honed in intuitively, I spo- suppose, when I said the cycl- cyclical nature of light and dark um, within hidden places of the eon or universe controlling and regulating the way we relate to the world. And I thought of that because I was watching a show on Netflix called The World at Night or something like that. Yeah, I saw that because it, yeah. it told me to finish <laughs> watching it and I was like... 
when did I start? That whole damn show is about the way the moon makes all these creatures do their thing, basically. Do their thing. Mm -hmm. Like mm. like sea turtles. Everybody knows that sea turtles lay their eggs on a full moon so they can get all the way up without there being dark and without the predators. And then the eggs are hatched like 30 days later so that they have light to get to the water. And there's all sorts of fish and all sorts of creatures and scorpions that rely on the way the moon wanes and waxes and controls their light and controls their darkness. Depending on what and how much leg hair the moon has. Um, Was do, that you, a... do you get it? No. Waxing. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Gabe's like, we're taking it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, keep going. Well, that's The world at night. Yeah. Check it out. It's cool. And think about the moon while you do it and watch all these creatures <laughs> just do their thing. It's pretty cool and it it helped me kind sea of understand. Sea turtles birthing. <laughs> yeah. This whole podcast is about birthing, which, fun fact, it ties into the moon because the moon I pulled a lot for pregnancy because it can also relate to gestation. Mm -hmm. um, becoming a full moon, becoming large, going from maiden to mother to crone. The moon, we, often when you see that, it's the phases of the moon. A crescent, full, crescent, waxing, mm -hmm. waning, full. Mm -hmm. um, and we are, we are all controlled. I mean, the world is controlled it, a lot by the sun and the moon and the way the moon pulls on the earth really affects that pretty much every part of our life is just sometimes we don't realize it and if you it's, think about that is like your internal emotions and some of those things and the way that they ebb and flow then that's sort of how I <clears throat> think about the moon yeah um the moon, so when you're, we talked about the Thoth deck, when we look at the Smith Rider weight, we have the, we have what is essentially um, the sun with the moon in, inside of it because the moon reflects the sun. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what's depicted here on the card. Uh, and you can see the face of the moon staring down um, from the sun moon in between two pillars. Uh, there are a bunch of little like what essentially looks like little moon beams or little like the moon sun is raining little yellow pieces. Those are called yodes. You see those frequently throughout specifically the major arcana in the tarot deck and the Smith Rider weight, I should say. Mm, it's in the Thoth deck, too. It's the main symbol that goes along with it. What does yod mean? It's the, it's the symbol in the Hebrew alphabet from which all of the other letters are built. Yeah, it's the God particle. It's the God, oh. like God. It's the touch of God. Um, uh, it essentially like you can have yodes in your chart. I have two yodes in your my astrolog astrological chart. Yeah, in your astrological chart. Essentially, it just means like the word of God. God, you know, uh, God touched. Um, uh, a lot a lot of people have yodes in their chart. Um, it, it essentially establishes that there are, um, it, it has a lot to do with what you're meant to do or where the conflict in your life is. Um, and it, that's meant to be there, kind of like a karmic thing. So the moon is raining yodes, which means that it is, um, we talk about the moon, we talk about the goddess. We're talking about how the moon pulls you closer to your life goal it can push you away from it and pull you closer to it it, it facilitates this change um, but what it does here the full moon brings creatures land and sea um, from the earth to it so what we're seeing here is the earth literally bringing creatures to it there's something about a full moon whether you're magic-y, tarot-y, spiritual or not that just brings people out it brings out the crazies it's called <laughs> um 
if anybody's worked in a hospital or if anybody's worked in nursing homes or anybody, how many people do you know have given birth on a full moon? I didn't, but other people. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's called lunacy. It brings this different side of humans out. Um, it's why werewolves are said to change on the full moon. Um, the full moon has this way of drawing things to it and making people change. And it's also why it relates so well to gestation as well in regards to pregnancy or in regards to any kind of change that you're going through because it makes you do it. You don't, it's almost like you don't have control over it. It's like you are absolutely hypnotized and brought closer to this change, to this full embodiment of something that you've been cultivating. And mm -hmm. so this is what the moon can do. But it does that in a very emotionally drawing way. Like we yearn for that completion of change. You have to succumb to it. You have to follow its cycle. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you go against it, then it's just going well, you to can't. build tension and contraction. Well, and that's, I mean, like that's the essentially like the deal. It's like kind of like the death card, right? Like we can't escape death. We can't avoid the moon. Um, the moon kind of happens in our bodies, though. So death happens to us very physically. Even, you know, in regards to the death card, like it's an ending of something that's more like physical. You can like tangibly lick your finger and like bookmark that page of that ending when you hit the death card. Even if it's something that's internal, like it is an ending of something that you can say this ended and it's a bookmark mm -hmm. or it's a, or it's this an end. changed drastically or... yeah not even drastically it's just like a it's an absolute whereas the moon is kind of this like this thing has come to fruition so it's not even necessarily an ending right it's a okay this is this is full this is harvest this is ready for you to take this is ready to pop it's ready to birth it's ready to show the world you're ready to illuminate it what's really interesting about the moon card as well is that it comes so the moon comes before the sun so what it is it gives you the chance to kind of emotionally bring things to the surface right so it's like you're bringing things to the surface <laughs> like my stupid fucking brain went it's like a zit that needs to pop you have to bring it to the surface because that's how i operate it's not a horrible Mentally. metaphor. I mean, it's a horrible metaphor, <laughs> it's but horrible. <laughs> I'd say it on, it's pretty accurate. So yeah, but essentially like it brings things to the top so that by the time you go into the sun and judgment, it's okay here. It's in the world now. Now we've brought it forth physically, but the moon is much more, like I said, it's in this internal emotional. Okay. Now, um, like for instance, like if you're dealing with any kind of trauma, like you may pull the moon when you're finally ready to deal with it and the sun may be therapy it may be having to like scorch and bring it out whereas the moon is like okay now i'm ready to do this thing i'm ready to come to terms with myself in my own body and my own emotional head and heart and consciousness this is what i've been repressing this is what i now am ready to deal with and then you go into the sun which is a much more like physical manifestation of okay Let's deal with it then. How do we go forward and deal with that into mm -hmm. judgment, which is that reckoning in and into the world, which is full completion. Mm -hmm. Thoughts on that monologue I just did? I think that you hit all of the points in the monologue and there's... There's really no reason for anybody ever to say anything about the moon again. I, I would agree <laughs> with that currently. <laughs> oh my God. No, I think I think that was that was good. Awesome. 
Uh, so we also can talk about the symbolism of it coming in between the two pillars, which is reminiscent of the high priestess, um, who also deals with the unconscious and subconscious, which is what the moon does as well. It brings back up that theory. In the high priestess, we are learning that there is a veil, that there are things that we know, but we don't know how we know it. In the moon, it's there are things that we know, but now we know how our intuition works. So it can be kind of this confirmation or not when we pull this card that's like okay you know how your intuition works now you don't have to um you don't have to be like maybe i don't know what i'm talking about or maybe i don't know what i'm feeling or if you know something and you can feel it the moon can be a confirmation of yes you're feeling it you know oftentimes though we also translate this card as mystery or the unknown and I would say that that's definitely a form of this card. Like there are things you don't know or things are coming to light or you're going to start, you know, it can be this kind of nod that like a mystery is about to be solved. But, you know, essentially like the reason it's a full moon, the reason it's a moon, and I and I guess I should also say it could also be talking about a new moon. You have to consider where you are in the process of, I guess, what phase the moon is in. Um so, yeah, you have to be consider what phase your intuition is in. Is it waxing, waning? What is the moon actually doing outside? But it can talk about, like, maybe the thing that you thought was a mystery is not so much a mystery. Like, maybe the mystery is in that you're unwilling to accept it. Yeah, um that's accurate. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I know. Uh, and, and, it, and, you know, and then by the sun, you're, it's ready to dawn. It's ready to come into the world and become, rather than just a thought in your head, it's ready to come out of your mouth and into the mm-hmm. world. That's the transition from moon to sun. I would say even that in the star, moon to sun, it's a th- like if you have something in the star, you feel it in your body before you're able to consciously recognize it, bring it from the subconscious. Kind of like if you're feeling sick and nauseous, you may feel that before you understand that you're anxious. And then once you're anxious, you can come into the sun and then you can say what you're anxious about. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. In judgment, you work it out. You come to that reckoning. And then in the world, you've worked through that anxious moment if we're looking at kind of like a real world way of going through those cards. Mm -hmm. There's also the crawfish, which is an animal that sheds its skin, sheds its shell, which is the moon. The moon changes. The moon changes you. Um, For instance, I just went from maidenhood where I was, and this is literally for me, this can be metaphorically for many other people. And is um, also, this is very gendered the way I'm speaking about it, but I'm talking about it personally, is that I was a maiden. I didn't have a baby. I was living my life all honeymoony. <laughs> and uh, then I got pregnant and I became this full moon um, and a mother. And so for me, there was this huge transition of going from maiden to mother, where now I have to deal with a lot of things, um, a lot of insecurities that come along with motherhood. Am I good enough? Um, am I going to be like my mother who was super shitty? Am I? Can I handle the fact that I my body has completely changed? Like I'm no longer... I no longer look like I did in maidenhood physically. And this has been very literally for me. This is not the case. You know, you could be going through a maiden mother crone transition and not be female. And it can also, you know, uh, and not have just given birth. But that's 
my literal interpretation for my life right now. So it can be an uncomfortable thing to come to terms with. You can think of the moon as, you know, I think the reason why the moon gets a bad rap is because coming to terms with something and coming to terms with change and kind of like taking something that was repressed and bringing it into the light can be a really uncomfortable process for a lot of people. It very rarely can feel good to like dig way down deep and bring something into the light that may not go ahead. You look like you're about to talk. No, I was, perked up. I just, your bald head like perked up above the mic. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, uh, I just had a thought about, you know, that's kind of like more of a new moon type stage when yeah. you're digging because I'm um, just going back to this shadow cool ass Netflix show. Like that was, <laughs> that was definitely the time where all of the creatures seemed to kind of hunker down and mm-hmm. go underground, go underwater, hide um, wait for the full moon, hibernate, whatever they need to do. Um, either it's too cold or there's not enough light or um, there's not enough support from whatever else is in their ecosystem to actually, <laughs> like, come out and reflect the sun and do their thing as nocturnal beings. Nocturnal. Yeah. And that's another, you know, thing about the card, too, is what comes out at night in dreams that can't come out in the day. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole nother thing. The moon often talks about like dreams and going into the dream world. What have you dreamt recently? What message does it have for you there? Um, so yeah, that's the moon. Do you have anything else to add? I know that we talked longer about it than we normally do. Uh, a yeah, card. Well, it's it's okay to go longer today. It's our it's our inaugural season two episode one. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus just Christ. Be editing for another hour. Oh yeah, that's um, all you, Bub. I know. Oh, my God. Um, um, so. Are we ready to go in Mm -hmm. to the collective reading? Yep. Well, as we all know, this is the part of the podcast where I come out and wake my child so she can scream. I'm kidding. You never wake a sleeping baby. Uh, So we're not going to do that. Truth. Um, But the the collective reading, and I want to just say, like, this is how we're going to, this is how we are going to interact with the collective energy. The next coming up till the next episode, which will probably be in another two weeks, is the chariot. Um, So basically just keep doing what you're doing. No, kidding. Keep going. Don't let yourself be stalled. You know, when you when you come up to something, especially if you're paying attention to the astrological weather right now, we're kind of in this like weird um, retrograde eclipse season uh, entering that. So, you know, when you hit a pothole, when you hit a little bump in the road, don't let that, don't just give up. Keep driving forward. Keep going. Allow yourself to stop, take a rest break, fill up for gas, but then keep going. We don't have to hit a bump in the road and then stop. Um, Just speaking as someone who has hit a lot of bumps in the road (laughs) recently, new parenting is hard and starting and leaving a job and starting a new job is hard. I'm a nanny. So, you know, all of those things, like there have been days where I just want to like fucking throw the towel and be like, I quit. But you just have to, like, take the bumps as they come, fix the car, and then keep on trucking. (laughs) I think Gabe's soul just left his body. I was like, when are we we done with the the cars? (laughs) Keep on trucking. So, yeah, just keep doing that. Keep going. And we'll talk in two weeks about where we go from there. Did you get it? It's another pun. Like like a map. We... <laughs> <laughs> um, the map. Uh, okay, we should sign off before this gets crazy. Bye. <laughs> Out. Out.